Is Russia betting on Ethereum? Will we soon see staking on Chainlink and ApeCoin? And what is up with the Ripple court case? That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In this week's episode, we will quickly discuss some interesting news from the crypto space. Then we'll, of course, have a look onto Bitcoin and Ethereum. We'll then discuss Ripple and we'll also talk about Avalanche, ApeCoin, as well as Chainlink. Now, before we get started, let's start with some news. It looks like the Earn platform Genesis is lacking around 900 million US dollars. The Financial Times article that came out a couple of days ago has calculated that based on internal sources. Now, whether these internal sources are actually correct or not remains to be seen. But it seems to cover the 1 billion US dollar raise that Digital Currency Group kind of announced in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago. So it will be very, very interesting to see whether they are actually insolvent and going to go for Chapter 11 bankruptcy or actually not. Because if they are, I think the ripple effects of that will be huge. As you know, the Grayscale product, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is part of the Digital Currency Group. It's like a mother company, a daughter company kind of setup. So it will be uh, interesting to see whether Digital Currency Group will survive this crypto crisis. We'll continue on, talk a little bit about Bitcoin because we have to talk about this article, this report that came out from the European Central Bank. They essentially uh, titled it a Bitcoin's last stand where they officially said that Bitcoin is technically over. It will only be used for illegal stuff. It's slow. It's expensive. It's not efficient at all. And by the way, here is a great alternative. Take the CBDC from the ECB. So quite, uh, of course, a, pro a provocative statement from my side. But we have to keep in mind Ulrich Binzeil and Jürgen Schaaf are both people who are acting working on the CBDC product from the European Central Bank. So you have to take this article with a grain of salt and albeit some of these facts are true. Bitcoin's general layer one network is still slower than expected. It's still a bit more expensive than expected. But keep in mind that the Lightning Network, for example, is in the works right now. The nodes are increasing, the throughput is increasing as well. So I do think that Bitcoin's last stand is actually not really Bitcoin's last stand, but it will become a very interesting battle between the central bank digital currencies and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Moving on and discussing Bitcoin, we'll have a very interesting uh, screenshot here. We have a oldest signature dated to January 2009. So essentially the Bitcoin miner that has been mining since 2009 just signed a message and showed that this is potentially the oldest signature that we have seen. And when you check it, you can actually um, kind of see that this is actually true. It is from a person called at one signature or Andy hasn't 
posted anything but joined in October 2009 so it at least seems to be legit and it actually shows you kind of the resistance and the network effects that are be, uh, going on with Bitcoin so people who have joined the network are still actively in it on one side maybe from ideological perspective but on the other side definitely also from a financial perspective so quite interesting to see that we see uh, some older Bitcoin miners still actively going and moving on to the chart we can see the following image looks like we might have recovered from the bottoms here so it will be interesting to see whether we will hit the 12 to 14k still of course i've said it last week if the entire market is expecting us to go towards 13 to 14k chances are we won't go so this will be uh, quite the big battle in my opinion whether we will reclaim kind of this range that we've traded for quite some time we're currently at the bottom got even rejected a little bit here and and currently sitting at 17.3k i do think that the bottom is still not entirely in especially considering this digital currency group that we've talked about here this could still be a banger and it could be an issue for the crypto market so be careful when you're trying trying to trade kind of this bitcoin range again the range trade might be in play but i would wait until we kind of cross it cleanly retouch it and then i think the range trade could be of interest Moving on to Ethereum, we see here a very interesting statement from a big asset management company franklin templeton and specifically we're talking or we we have a statement here from senior vice president of franklin templeton which is a sandy call and she's actually saying that currently the big investors are looking at ethereum staking yield she's saying that hedge fund industry up to and post 2008 is really is instruct instructive here we saw almost two trillion in assets come in a three-year period so a huge influx of money interestingly taking the industry close to three trillion in assets which is right about where the digital space got before the last collapse she's also saying that kind of these corrections that we are seeing right now is placing a lot of institutionals onto this topic right now as we speak so they are placing their bets in order to actually participate in the next big bull run and we're not again we're not talking about a small asset man management company here we're still talking about a huge 1.5 trillion us dollar asset management company called franklin templeton so it might actually be that the big institutional investors are looking at ethereum staking yield as kind of a possibility of passive income of generating yield even in downturns Moving on to Russia, very interesting Russia's Spare Bank, which is the largest bank in Russia, is aiming for blockchain integration with Ethereum and MetaMask. Now Spare is specifically working on a closed blockchain, but with integrations towards Ethereum and the MetaMask wallet. Now they're saying that technically there, I think it's a blockchain lab or something like this, they're working on a closed blockchain right now. They have the official mandate 
mandate even from the state that they're allowed to work on it to uh, produce DeFi applications but also NFT products and the spare bank kind of the spare lab if you want is currently looking at also integrating the Ethereum virtual machine so that you can technically connect to the Ethereum blockchain as well as connect it with uh, MetaMask. Sounds to me like the spare bank is actually working on a closed or private variation of Ethereum which is on one side of course bad because it's closed but on the other side it is very good because it opens up with the integration towards Ethereum and MetaMask it opens it up to the ecosystem. Now how is Ethereum behaving in this area? Much much better than Bitcoin if we're being real here. Again trying to reclaim this important zone of 1375 I would expect a short kind of rejection here then retest again and then us going upwards and then you can actually range trade this once again and again as you can see here broke the range came back retested and now is essentially in place so you could already kind of trade this range if you wanted to uh, very possible if you're looking to trade ethereum more actively Moving on, we have to, of course, discuss Ripple's kind of uh, lawsuit that has been going on against the SEC or SEC's lawsuit against the Ripple, I should rather say. And it looks like they are making a final submission uh, essentially this week um, by their general counsel, Stuart Alderotti. He is providing documentation for the court to actually prove that XRP, the token that Ripple has given out, is not considered as a security. So between 2013 and 2020, that's actually kind of the lawsuit that has been going on for quite some time against Ripple. Uh, the SEC is making the argument that essentially XRP is a security. With that, of course, a lot of tax uh, problems a lot of fines that would come towards Ripple and essentially in my opinion it will also cause Ripple the company to move away from the US probably towards Japan. We can expect a result on 31st of March in 2023 so quite interested to see that because I do think the Ripple effect of that will also be very strong towards other projects because if XRP the token is considered a security trust me this will make waves and it will cause a lot more problem than we can think of right now chart wise we're looking at ethereum i've zoomed out here quite some uh, while and we can see here an interesting trend line forming here as well as here kind of uh, crossing together so will be interesting to see whether the additional final submission will cause a reaction from the sec in any kind of way maybe a settlement before the 31st of march in 20. 2023. So very possible that towards the end of the year XRP holders will get their Christmas gift. Moving on and talking about Avalanche, they are announcing a partnership with Alibaba Cloud. Now Alibaba Cloud is very similar to Amazon Web Services but more in the Asia Pacific region, essentially the biggest one in that region and now they are planning a node as a service as offering for the avalanche validator nodes so essentially you can start your own validator node on the alibaba cloud if you want to 
Avalanche has also released some numbers and saying that they have around 1,200 validators and they are transacting around 2 million of transactions the entire day. So quite interesting to see that Avalanche, even in this bear market, seems to be growing. Again, has been very, very quiet around Avalanche for the last couple of months, but either they are really working on kind of developing the partnerships and the platforms and so on, or it will become a ghost chain by, it, by the next bull run. Looking at the chart here, we can see the following. The Fibonacci sequence is still in play, although we're far, far away from our original kind of numbers that we've hit way in the past. In my opinion, the bottom hasn't hit at around 950. I would still expect this to hit if, again, if the Bitcoin price would break. Then after this hit, we could probably move on further. If the bottom is already in and we can expect Avalanche to go on further prices we can probably aim for something around 15 or 16 us dollars as kind of the next break point in my opinion uh, although it has been rejected already on this line Moving on to ApeCoin, of course, the coin from the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT project. It looks like staking will be soon announced, probably around the 12th of December. According to Horizon Labs, they are taking care of apestake.io. That, of course, has caused the ApeCoin price to go up a little bit. And the interesting part here, again, is it is being geo-blocking um, US stakers. So if you're a US staker, technically, you're not allowed to use the ape staking platform of course you could use a vpn etc etc but that is up to the u.s citizens now the board ape yacht club nfts as well as the mutant ape as well as the board kennel have increased in price as well because people do expect some interesting rewards with apecoin as well looking at the chart we can see a very interesting recovery kind of from the bottoms of around 220 here very similar bottom as we've seen in June 22 but here we are seeing a nice recovery and probably based on the hype that board Ape Yacht Club as well as Yuga Lab has announced for the end of the year as well as the Ape staking that will be announced pretty soon. Talking about staking, we should also talk about Chainlink because Chainlink has been going really nicely towards 25% rally in December, mainly because people expect Chainlink's staking service to launch as well. Now, Chainlink has worked on their tokenomics and their general infrastructure to make it more appealing for link holders, so the people that are holding Chainlink tokens, in order to actually participate in the network as well. The Chainlink Economics 2.0 paper has been focused on boosting link holders reward earning opportunities for helping increase the crypto economic security of Chainlink's Oracle service. Now with this discussion of proof of reserves of course Chainlink will play a huge role there as well so very expectable that the Chainlink price could increase quite nicely. We've had this very nice range trade for uh, Chainlink quite some time. I do think it will break as soon as we break this 9.2 range. After that, I do think the next line would be between 12 to 15 for profit taking if you want 
to trade Chainlink. However, for now, I do think it's a very nice, especially long-term entry uh, price for Chainlink, considering that Chainlink is providing one of the most important infrastructures in the crypto space. That was it from the Crypto Market Talk this week. Make sure that you subscribe to this channel to not miss any other crypto news. I will see you on the next one. Have a good one. Oh,